Hello again, fight fans. Welcome to the rooftop for episode number 123 of the Neutral Corner. I am Michael Montero for Boxing Monthly Magazine and BoxingMonthly.com, joined by the lovely, talented, beautiful Tiffany Lamb. <laughs> this will be the last episode that we shoot from here in, at the pad in Koreatown. So we figured, why not come up on the roof and shoot it? have some fun, have some drinks. We got the, uh, the limoncello up here from Calabria. It's really windy and cold right now. Yeah, she's a little windy, so Freezing we're going to put off. some drinks in there. But we thought we'd do uh, an intro with Tiff before uh, we send it off here. My brother's going to be joining us in a little bit to talk about the fights and whatnot. <laughs> so he's back there drinking beers. We're just having fun, man. Uh, before we get started, I wanted to give a quick shout out to a new Patreon supporter, Gerardo Pleasant. Thank you very, very much for joining the You're MLB the team. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, okay, Tiff, we got a couple of questions for you. As we hear some sirens, the police are chasing somebody over there. I don't know if you guys are picking that up or not. Hopefully not. It's pretty much all day. So if you hear those sirens, apologies, but that's pretty much what we hear 24 7 here. Okay. All First right, what question. do you peeps want to know? First question is from 215 underscore drifter5. What is your nationality? He guesses Cambodian and he says Lam, L A M, is definitely a Cambodian last name. I got, you know, I usually get all kinds of answers Filipino, Vietnamese, Chinese. On our first date, I asked her if she was Filipino. Korean. That's what I thought. Filipino. You, should, you do not look Korean at all. <laughs> um, but technically, I took the DNA test. I've done a couple, and I am Chinese and Vietnamese primarily, and I am 10% Polynesian. And then, okay, what language do you speak? Because when they hear Chinese, they're thinking either Mandarin or Cantonese. But Yes, so I don't speak the, you know, amazing language of Mandarin that everybody speaks, but I speak a very small dialect called Tiu Chow, which has its benefits because nobody knows what the shit I'm talking about half the time and when I'm in public. <laughs> and your ancestors were like countryside people that left China and immigrated to Vietnam like generations ago, right? Yeah, so like most of my family, I don't even know when they went to Vietnam, but my my parents and my grandparents immigrated on boats over to the U.S. Um, during the 70s. From so, Vietnam? Yeah. From so Vietnam. there you have it. She's kind of Chinese, kind of not Chinese. <laughs> My culture is more Vietnamese. So. Oh, you know, so Fr Fricky926 asked specifically what language does Tiffany there speak? So we answered that right there. But you, you can understand a little bit of Vietnamese, right? Because your family did come. Yeah, so my family spoke Vietnamese a lot growing up. So I understand a little bit of Vietnamese here and there, especially when I go to the nail shops and get my nails done. I know exactly what they're saying. So you know when they're <laughs> dissing everybody, sitting in front of them, dissing all the people right to their face, Exactly. Right? Okay. <laughs> all right, so Bob Brown 6. Oh, you know what? It's just Bob Brown. It says six days ago. I, I thought it was a number after Somebody all these names. So, for <laughs> yeah. So it's just Bob Brown. And the names before were 215 underscore drifter and just fricky92. So this is Bob Brown. He has a few questions for Tiff. First, were you interested in boxing before meeting Michael? That's a great question. No, I was not. I thought boxing was a bunch of barbarians who were extremely dumb just punching the shit oh. out of each other. So you thought what, what the rest of middle America thinks. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> think about it. What does TV promote about boxing? 
Well, the Rocky movies didn't help with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So growing up, that's literally what I thought. It was just a bunch of dumb guys beating the shit out of each other. And then what did I teach you? You taught me all kinds of stuff. So this genius right here is, you know, the I call him the gateway between the casuals and the diehards. So he taught me a lot about what boxing represents, um, the various techniques, you know, and all that type of stuff. And from there on, as we, as he forced me to watch boxing every weekend when we first started Pretty much, dating. If you date me, you're going to watch boxing. That's just, you know, it's part of the deal. Eventually so he would. You may as well become a fan. So eventually he would, you know, make his little comments like he always does as we're watching it. And he would basically say everything Max Kellerman would say, but better and five and before. times sooner. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I started getting into it. I started watching it. I started understanding the different techniques and all that stuff. And I started to like it. And I'm going to add to that question. What was the first fight where you really became a fan? Because I know what it was because I was there. What? Broner Maidana. Broner Maidana. And why did you become a fan right there? Because I could not stand the fact that the ref was giving Broner all these breaks. He was, he basically was, you know, be, doing low blows, doing all this dirty shit. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, and Mike was like, well, Broner's still gonna win because, you know, he he was the uh, A side to it. And I was like, that's fucked up. So eventually when I went to the scorecards and my Donna won, I was like, yes. By the way, there goes there goes our monetization for this episode of TNC on YouTube. Sorry, guys. But uh, yeah, and, and before that, they had showed you know I had showed her some interviews with Broner, and she kept saying, "Well, this guy's a dick. This yeah, guy's he's a an dick. Ass- he's still an asshole." And she kept saying, "I hope this Madonna guy beats him." And I'm like, yeah, "He'll do good. He'll put up a good effort, but he'll Broner will probably win a decision on the cards. Maybe get a gift, a real robbery." That's what I thought. That's what I told her going in. So when Broner got dropped a couple times, got humbled and embarrassed, she actually jumped out of the couch up and down and was cheering. And that's when I knew she was hooked. And that's when I told her what separates boxing from other sports is how you make an emotional connection with the fighters, whether it's negative or positive. You make that emotional connection that doesn't just, it doesn't exist the same way in other team sports. It's different. And that's when I knew she was hooked. And for the record now, sometimes my predictions are better than his. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Saying. I overthink this shit and she, she calls it a lot of the time. All right. So Bob Brown also asked, what have your experiences been like taking photographs at the fights and also video as well? Um, you know, it's been a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Uh, I got into photography around the same time we met, which is how he got me into boxing, which is how this whole boxing, photography, videography, MOC, MOC, MOB thing came about. So, I mean, I enjoy it. I like taking action shots. I also like taking landscape shots. Um, but it it's fun because you get to, you know, as I'm walking through during fights and stuff, there'll be once in a blue moon, you guys will, will spot me and you'll see, you know, you, you know who I am and I think that's kind of the best part about doing what I do. When people appreciate your yeah, work. Yeah, when people appreciate what I do. And it's just kind of fun, you know, taking pictures of fighters and being able to capture some moments that will never get captured again. 
He also asks, are the photos for personal use or do you sell them to boxing websites? And I know you're going to be humble right now, so I'm going to jump in. <laughs> She's had a couple of photos entered into photography competitions, one here in Los Angeles, one in San Diego. So she's won awards for some of her fight photos. And it was actually at one photo of Fulgenico uh, Zuniga, who's a journeyman fighter from Colombia, that won her an award that no one in America knows, you know, mo casual boxing fans have no idea who that fighter is. Most of you guys will probably know because you're a diehard if you're watching this show. Um, and that photo, she captured a great, great photo that won an award at a film, uh, not a film festival, a photography festival. Yeah, that was at the San Diego County Fair. And she's had some of her work published on sites, but also in Boxing Monthly magazine. We're working on Ring magazine. We'll see what happens later this year. So anyway, because I, I knew you were going to be humble about that, I wanted to jump in and answer that for you. Okay, here's where I think you might get controversial with, with an answer. Bob Brown also asks, are you a fan of women's boxing, and how do you think it compares to men's boxing at the same level? Oh, that's a good question. Okay, so 110% honesty. I don't really like female boxing. Oh. I know, I know. Okay, so I am all about, you know, women power, hear me roar, you know, female rights. I am awesome. But, <laughs> but... There are just some sports where I just, there's, it just doesn't look as good when, it's not as interesting to me when females are fighting. It just is not a female, a natural female sport, I guess. And I guess I don't know what that means about two, seeing two men beat the shit out of each other, but. <laughs> well, it's, it's an, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and further that. It, it's a, it's a, it's an aggressive masculine sport and being a man and having all that testosterone and being an alpha male and boxing is definitely an alpha male sport is it's all about aggression yeah. and I think that goes against the female's nature to a certain degree but more than any of that shit the, the male fighters are just better when I watch female volleyball when I watch female tennis some of those athletes are really really good compared to their male counterparts but it's not even just so, it's not just about better like I'm not even comparing like technical skills I'm just comparing visuals and like actually yeah. watching so if I'm watching you know female of a boxing or female basketball or like I, I just don't find that as interesting as watching female figure skating or, there you or go. something figure like skating. that that's you know? a perfect example and there are plenty of male fem or plenty of male figure skaters who are great they have great right. technique they you know they're and I don't mind watching them, but I prefer watching females. And, yeah. and to your point, it's more of a feminine versus masculine. That's why male figure skaters are gay. No, not all of them. Most hashtag not all. Okay, um, it, John Newman asked this for Anthony, but I'm going to ask it of you too. Favorite active boxers and I, favorite boxers in history. You probably don't know because you just started watching boxing like four or five years ago. Active but boxers? favorite active boxers. And what other sports do you follow, if any? Are we going to get a lot of hate when I answer this question? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Unless, unless you say Andre Ward or something. Hey, oh, God. You'll be the LDBC's favorite. Least oh, favorite. I just gave them a shout out and uh, I shouldn't have done that. All right. Uh, but um, yeah. Okay. Favorite boxers. Golovkin, obviously. If you don't follow my Instagram, you probably should. <laughs> At Japanese. 
J-A-P-P-A-N-Y. <laughs> You'll find a bunch of Golovkin gear on there. Although I still haven't gotten free gear. Yeah, she's actually paid for her Golovkin gear because, well... Well, we won't go there. We won't go into why some of the other um, females get it for free. I will say Lomachenko has great skill, great technique. Um, Klitschko just retired recently, so I guess I can't use him anymore. Well, no, he could be <laughs> historical now. You could say historically he's one of your favorite fighters, Klitschko. Um, and Sergey Kovalev. Okay. How can you not hate the crusher? How can you not hate? Or not How love? How can you not love the crusher? I just talked about LDBC, and My she bad. just said a line from the LDBC. <laughs> all right, so, all right, anything else? Oh, you know what? I forgot one question for Bob Brown, and I thought it was a really good question that we could end this segment on, okay? Sure. And then, guys, we'll get into news and notes. This is going to be a super long episode. We're going to break it into two parts, all right? Um, I thought, why not have fun for the last episode? It's a two-week episode. We're on the roof chilling, so it's going to be fun. All right, Bob Brown also asked... Covering boxing and going to fights, is it more of a hobby for for us, for me and you, or do we actually make some, some cash off of it? Now, again, I know you're going to be humble here, oh, but let's – I thought we could take this and just talk about media in general because I think there's a lot of misconceptions a lot of you guys out there have about the majority of boxing media and how this stuff there, works. Before we go there, you all need to stop freaking out. You know, oh, we're yeah. moving to Atlanta, but it does not mean we're dropping off this planet Earth. <laughs> yeah, well, let's, okay, let's talk about that because that is something a lot of people have been asking about. Take a chill pill. It's y okay. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> if anything, and Tiff and I, we, we're planners. We, we don't, especially her, okay, I'm, she's the brains of the operation, but we've talked about this for a long time. It's a great opportunity for her and for us, but it's also strategically for MOB it's putting us in a position where we could do more work in boxing. And the main reason is it's much more affordable to live out there. You get more bang for your buck. And because it isn't a hotbed of boxing where there's a lot of media attention, we're going to be the big fish in that pond. So we can start building some stuff up in that market. We're going to talk about that. We've already got, you know, maybe some things in the works re regarding that. But we're, also, we're going to have quicker access to fights in New York, Florida, Texas which I've been talking about, we already have a huge setup out here. We can come out here and cover fights anytime. Every time I'm back here to cover a fight, I'm going to shoot 10 count with UCN Live. Uh, the podcast, I can't talk about some of the podcasts Ring TV has coming up, but I'll jump in on those when I'm out here. There's all kinds of stuff that we're going to be able to do when we come out here. Now we're just going to have the capability to do more stuff from our new home base of operations, right? All right, so I pretty much said it all. There's nothing yeah, else. Yeah, I have nothing else to say. He talks too much. I, I do. I you already know that. I like to rant. <laughs> That's why, I, you know, Montero rants from up here on the roof. But boxing media in general, we've talked about this, but I call it a 99%er thing. It's very much, people talk about, you know, the 1% versus the 99%. Boxing as a sport is the same way. 1% of the fighters are making eight-figure paydays. They're making yeah. insane money. The other 99% are not. Now, maybe 10% are making good money. You're making high six figures, seven figures, but it's that 90% are fighting for scraps, right? Mm -hmm. It's the exact same for boxing media. You have 1%, and not, these guys aren't getting rich, but you have literally 1% of boxing media 
that, and I'm not even talking about idiots out there that just get credentialed to fights because they know a friend yeah, or something. Not talk about that. Yeah, I've already given them two shout outs on this video. <laughs> That's too much. I'm talking about actual respected boxing media. 1% get a network gig where they have a annual, you know, or a, a contract. Sometimes it's annual, sometimes quarterly, they're getting paid, whatever, with a network, whether it's ESPN, HBO, Showtime, whatever. And I'm talking globally now, okay? It's 1%. 10%, which we would fall into, yeah. are people that are making some money. But the overwhelming majority of that 10% have two or three jobs because you don't make enough money in boxing to pay your bills. It's very, very few that do. Oh yeah, absolutely. You think of all the people we know that get credentialed to fights and are respected in media, it's well over 100 people. Yeah. How many people do we know that only do boxing for a living? I know two. So I would probably know two too. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> we know two, okay? Um, and they both have, they both live with family, that you know are helping you know supplement it's a dual income situation um and I'm, we're talking about people that we know very well as friends there's two that i know that do this full time and that's it the other 99 percent are pr most of them are doing this for free they're doing it yeah. pro bono there's guys like us well, guys and girls, like uh, people I like know. us. I meant guys as an expression, as an you expression. You really want to get, you know, punched right now? Please don't hit me. <laughs> she hits hard, man. I've taught her well. We have training sessions right up here on the roof. I taught her to hit mitts up here. But um, we make money. Okay, if I post something to Ring Magazine, to Boxing Monthly, um, I, I called fights for Thompson Boxing last week, and I got paid for that. Um, you get paid for videos we do. We get help through some of you guys on Patreon, Patreon, and that's what we use to buy equipment and stuff like that for the channel. We sell t-shirts. We do little things like that to make money. It's little nickel and dime scraps here and there. A few hundred bucks there, a few hundred bucks here. Yeah. And that adds up, but it does not pay our bills. No, and everything else comes out of our pockets. So, you know, we, we try to supplement where we can with everything that Mike just talked about, but everything else we do, we do it because we love it and we take it out of our pockets because we want to give back to it. And, and we do better than 90% of boxing media in regards to me just getting paid to do some of the things yeah. I do. Uh, when you print in a magazine or when you do some podcasts, some national radio spots, some things like that, you do get some money, you get some residuals off of it. It's very small, but yeah, even that, we're still doing better than 90% of the people we know yeah. that are putting up great quality work. So that's one reason why I get super pissed off when I see some promotional outfits, some managers, advisors, really treating media like shit. And it's also why I equally get pissed off when there are people calling themselves media that really are not. not. Because the people that hustle and go to every fight and they're really working for scraps, they're spending more money than they're making, and that includes us, by far and away. Traveling to these fights and everything else, you're rooming with friends, you're carpooling, you're traveling and eating together, you're doing things like that to save money, and it becomes a family. And when you see hacks only show up at the big fights in Vegas, or you see uh, dudes bringing their, their main squeeze for that week or whatever, I've seen some dudes get credential to fights in Vegas and bring prostitutes and shit and get them a, a, a credential ringside because they know one of the fighters. 
That only tends to happen for the big PBC events in Vegas, but it has happened for Golden Boy shows too, I've seen it. That kind of shit pisses me off. We take it personal. So anyway, long-winded response. What else is new? Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> All right, so anything else you want to add, you want to say before we jump off here and get into the news and notes? Um, just thank you for your support. I mean, we started this in 2014. Yeah. Yeah, at the old place, uh, and we've moved to this place, and we've tried to, you know, grow, and I think we've grown, and watching you guys give us more support and spread the word has been really, really amazing. So thank you, thank you, thank you, and keep doing it. <laughs> thank you. All right, everybody, news and notes with my brother Anthony. It's been a long time. Cheers, hey, brother. Salute. Salute there. A Belgian beer. All right. Figured you'd like it. I got it for you. I normally drink Peroni, but, you know, I was like, hey, I'm at Ralph's in Koreatown, so they don't <laughs> so try necessarily something. quite have Ralph's, Peroni. Ralph's in Koreatown. We'll try a Belgian beer from Ralph's in yeah. Koreatown. All right, man, let's get into news and notes. The, the big news this week, and I, I don't know, I mean, how much you know about this, but... um. Matchroom Boxing USA, Eddie Hearn, has an eight-year partnership with Perform Group. It's a two-year minimum, six-year option. It's supposedly a billion-dollar deal. It's over a billion dollars total, this entire deal. They have a streaming service, D-A-Z-N. It's pronounced DAZN. It's out of the UK. Their budget for boxing is going to be their annual budget, bigger than HBO and Showtime combined. DAZN currently serves Austria, Germany, Switzerland, Japan, Canada, now they're expanding their operation to the United States. According to Eddie Hearn, they're going to be streaming 40 cards a year, apparently 16 of them from the USA, 12 big cards and four monster cards, as he calls it. Also 16 Sky Sports cards from the UK, where DAZN is headquartered. There'll be a monthly subscription fee that hasn't been announced yet. No contract required. All of this happens around the same time that former ESPN president John Skipper left and signed and accepted a position with none other than the Perform Group. So obviously, Eddie Hearn had some things in the works here going. Uh, Ed, well, Eddie Hearn right now is saying, because he needs fighters for this deal. He's yeah. got his massive, massive platform. He has no fighters. He's going. He's got some. He's, he's starting. Going, well, he's got UK guys, right? But he needs American well, guys. He got Danny Jacobs. That's this one. all started so with Danny Jacobs, a, and you know, props to Jacobs for seeing the light here and seeing where the money was going. That's what leaving I leaving behind that, right? That's what's going to start happening yes. because Eddie Hearn said, and I'm quoting here: "This is open season for fighters in the U.S." And he and said, "I believe that." He said, if you do not have a promoter and you're an elite level fighter, we want you. And he specifically named guys like uh, Errol Spence, you know, Deontay Wilder, these kinds of fighters. Yeah. It would not surprise me to see very, very soon more of these guys following Daniel Jacobs and jumping shit, man. And I would love to see that. Honestly, man, look, Matchbook does a really good job. Or Matchroom. Match room, excuse me. Match, they do a great job, man. And, and if they were to bring some of these American fighters, because he has guys in the UK, as you just said. Right. And then you could start actually having them face each other. You well, know, like everyone wants AJ and uh, Wilder to fight, you know, but I mean, if you can actually start bringing these guys over, instead of having it, you know, boxing is all about leagues, divisions, it, it's so separate. Well, that was going to be my question with you, man. Is this going to add to that shit? Because it can, right now. But it also can help if they really can make things lucrative enough 
for fighters who are kind of free or looking for something. Apparently, like these cards are going to have seven-figure license fees. That's what they're saying. I don't know. Well, we'll find out. The one, but the one thing that I like, uh, sorry to cut you off, but yeah, as you're saying, they're streaming. The yes. internet, that's the future. We've talked about this before with ESPN, how they were doing their huge thing with Top Rank. Uh, a lot of the, you can now stream their old fights. So, right. so the if Matchroom is doing it where you can stream their new fights, everything's online. You're talking about, you know, Austria, Canada, Switzerland, the US, UK. I mean, this is all over the world. This is global. That's what it should be. So that's actually really smart. And I like that idea. And if you can get a fighter from the US who maybe isn't getting the greatest contract he wants, but then he could see, oh, wow, I can be streamed all over the world. Man, you put on a good fight, people are going to want to see you and they'll pay for that. Yeah, and the thing so, is, why this that's is... That's how I see this. Why this is such a big deal is you think, okay, there are other countries and parts of the world where boxing's huge. Mexico, Japan, right? Boxing's big. But in the UK, they speak English. Yeah. We might not always understand what the hell you, some of you guys are saying. Hey, I love From it. the I countryside. I, yeah, the Cockney accent's great. Love but it. it is English. So... You can have an American-born fighter go over to the UK and fight and yeah. do media work out there, and it works. And the same, the same thing in reverse, because obviously AJ's coming to America. And speaking of AJ, uh, Hearn is rumored to be locking in a three-year, 100 million pounds deal with AJ coming up, because his deal right now with AJ ends in November. Ends, yeah. And I think his contract with Showtime is already up. I think the fight with Joseph Parker was the last one on Showtime. So... You have to think that if Eddie Hearn locks in AJ and he's been working with HBO, AJ's going to HBO. Yeah. Now, what scares me about that is the possible fight with Wilder because Wilder's on Showtime. But if Wilder can get plucked by Eddie Hearn as part of this streaming deal, maybe all this works out and Hearn eats off both sides yeah. in that fight, yeah. right? He'd have to pay out a little bit because her net, or I'm sorry, Wilder has like five different handlers right now, but there's no one exclusive big time promoter representing him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so Hearn would have to pay out little pieces. Yeah. But if he could get a piece of Wilder, I, I still say Wilder and AJ are fighting three times. They're going to fight three Most times. Most likely, yeah. yeah 2019 definitely. and then 2020, Especially maybe 2020. Especially if they're in Vegas. If oh, it's yeah. in Vegas, it's going all 12. Or to be controversial, to where you have to have a rematch, something is going to ensure a rematch. There will be at least one fight in Vegas to get the whales involved. And now as part of this zone thing, it all makes sense. It's yeah. all coming together, right? One of those will be in Vegas. Obviously, one's going to be in the UK. Depending on how those first two go, I think we could see a third fight. And it could be, it could be in Nigeria, honestly. It could be, it could be in, in Lagos where uh, I think AJ's parents are from, or maybe from that area anyway. That's One the big parent. city there. One parent, right? One. Yeah. One parent His was father. British. So, so I could see something like that, where it could be this global thing, yeah. like you go back to Ali, to Honestly, that era. Honestly, I would fucking love it. Oh, uh, she already, Tiffany I would so love fucked, that. So. <laughs> I would love it. I, I think, but. look, I want to see, this is like when the PBC deal came down, guys, right? Where there was a lot of information, a lot of things were promised, and we reported it. However, as things started un unrolling and coming out, you saw that some of the things we were promised, the number of cards per year on this network, on that network, it didn't come to fruition. We'll see what happens with Eddie Hearn's deal, but I will say this, what's smarter about this deal, and it's the same thing that Top Rank has with ESPN, 
it's one place. Yeah. It's one platform. The, the PBC really screwed up they by going all over the thin. place. Yeah. To where you're, you, and there was no rhyme or reason. Casual. There was no rhyme or reason. Yeah. If you want to subscribe to DAZN, let's say it costs eight bucks a month or something, and they're putting on monthly shows. Now, if they don't do shows for three months, they're going to lose subs. Yeah. But if they're doing shows every month and once a quarter you're getting a really good fight, like a, let's say, a Linares Lomachenko level fight, which you just saw on ESPN, that's all Top Rank has to do with the ESPN deal. If Eddie Hearn does this for the DAZN deal, you're good. And I think that he has a really, really good opportunity. Okay, um, the next World Boxing Super Series tournament yeah. is going to be bantamweights. Yep. Now, they're talking about the winner between Naoya Inouye and uh, Jamie McDonald, which is going to be Inouye. He's going to have the WBA bantamweight title. He's going to be in this tournament. Zolani Titi, the WBO titleist. Emmanuel Rodriguez has the IBF. Ryan Burnett has the WBA super title. The WBC Bantamweight title is currently vacant, so expect them to sanction a fight really soon for two guys who are in the tournament to get involved in this tournament. But at the end of the day, man, we're going to have complete unification in the Bantamweight division in this tournament at some point next year. I love this fucking tournament. I love it. No, that's what I was going to say. I was I, waiting for you to say something negative, but you didn't. I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> no, the, cruiserweight, the cruiserweight tournament was outstanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. were supposed to get the championship this month. Man. That got pushed Injury. back. Injury was the only reason, though. Right. So you got to understand, it was not promotion or managers or no. networks. It, it was just an injury. It was, yeah. Yeah, that's, so I mean, no, it's outstanding. I'm, I'm I, I, I love this tournament. Do I like Richard Schaefer as a guy, as a person? No. He's a slimy piece of shit. However, I have to give the dude credit. This is a great tournament. I, I just, so more to come with that, obviously, right? Mikey Garcia is going to unify his WBC lightweight title with IBF champion Robert Easter, July 28th at Staples Center, right down there, which we'll be back out here, Tiffany and I, in Hopefully. LA. No, we'll be here. We'll be here for that fight covering that. So those of you who are like, they're going away. They're leaving boxing That's what forever. I'm like. No, we're very much still in, in this thing. And we're going to be back out here in L.A. covering that. So I'll see you guys then, those of you who are coming. Also, David Benavidez will defend his super middleweight title on that card. Here's the thing about Garcia. He wins the WBA. And a lot of people give me shit because I'm so hard on Mikey Garcia. Yeah. He just frustrates the I, I, hell out of me, guys. He wins the WBC lightweight title last January with his three, third round knockout over Dijon Zlatikinen. Has not fought in the lightweight division since. It has been almost a damn... By the time this fight with Easter happens, it will have been a year and a half. So he hasn't defended. Hasn't had a mandatory. Nothing. The WBC gives him a pass. I wonder why. <coughs> Mexican. <coughs> I don't know why he gets a pass when other guys haven't. But be that as it may... There are people out there saying that Garcia should be still the number one rated lightweight, that he should have been rated higher than Linares, who we'll talk about later because of his fight with Lomachenko. I think that's insane. The guy had one fight at lightweight against yeah. Dijon Zlatikinen. Jorge Linares has been the number one lightweight for years, traveled around the world. He was clearly the number one. Number one, this fight with Robert Easter is not official yet. They've agreed to terms. I do think it will happen, but with Mikey Garcia, you just don't know. But at this point, man, 
looking back, okay, before Lomachenko fought Linares, yeah. who did you rate number one at lightweight? Mikey Garcia or Jorge Linares? I've seen Linares fight twice. I've seen Mikey Garcia fight once. I'm talking live, in person, me watching. Covering that. their fight, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, Linares. Linares, as you said, number one, he, he's, he's been at lightweight for a long time. He's just done he, more. He's won more times. He, he's defended more. He's done, as you said, traveled the, the globe. UK, yeah, Japan. Um, it, it, and he's just more accomplished, more established. He's done as, as a lightweight. So much as a lightweight. There. Garcia, pound saying. for pound. At 135. No argument. Like, but we're talking 135. Yeah. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I just... I, I don't under I don't understand the hate that Lenares gets. I guess I guess it's I because either. he has previous losses. But I'm sorry, he's a very good fighter, very technically sound, and he's not afraid of anyone. I mean, he always puts on a good fight. Uh, and, and, and again, I I, don't, I like guys who are technically sound. He is very technically sound. Now, granted, he can't take a monstrous punch. So if that's why people hate him, then you know I. <laughs> he, he's a good fighter. Why, he's a good why, fighter. I don't understand the hate that he gets. No, he was clearly the number one. I'm sorry, he right. was. Garcia should have fought him. And, 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 and if and I would have picked Garcia to win. And let's be clear about this: Linares wanted the fight with Garcia. Golden yeah. Boy offered 50-50 fight, no options yep. for Garcia. He turned it down to fight. Uh, who's the guy he fought at 140? Uh, the name is slipping me. Eastern European guy just beat him for. Uh, I just the name is slipping me. Good quality fighter, but not nearly ready for Mikey Garcia. Um, but if Garcia beats Easter, if that fight happens, and I do think he'll beat Shit. Easter. Lippinets. Lippinets. It was Lippinets. Okay. I was hoping it was someone better than that. Are you? No. Lippinets is a good quality fighter, but no, obviously no, not no. elite. Garcia right. turned down a 50-50 fight with no options for the Ring Magazine lineal title at 35 and the WBA to unify with Linares to move up and fight Lipinets. So that tells you all you need to know about Mikey Garcia. He's, he's going to be an Easter. That not yeah, he's many, not not easy square roll, legacy. Right? Yeah, he want he wants no legacy this. That's it. He's going to fight Easter July 28th. He's going to beat him. He's going to unify titles. But with the shaky relationship he has with top rank for the way he ran out on them all those years ago because they wanted him to behave like a fighter. I don't know if him and Lomachenko are going to fight anytime soon, man. And you're going to have one guy who has two titles because Lomachenko is going to fight Ray Beltran and unify with the WBO. You're going to have one guy with two titles, another guy with two titles. They're not going to fight each other. I know that a lot of people will probably get mad at me for this, but I, I have a feeling that uh, Garcia, he doesn't want that fight. I don't think he wants to fight Lomachenko. I don't no, think he no, wants no, to honestly. fight him right now. I, not right now. No way. Well, I think it's, he it's feels, so. There he are so do, many people on YouTube who hate Lomachenko who are out there saying Garcia knocks him out. Oh, I know. I, of course, you know Deontay Wilder knocks him out. I know. I, I've seen Deontay Wilder knocks out Garcia Lomachenko. I don't know. No, I've seen the comments like he ain't shit until he moves up and fights. You know, like, like <laughs> Jesus, until he fights come on, Wilder. People. I, I mean, think Wilder would knock Lomachenko out. I'll go on record and say that. I don't know. He did not lo knock out, what's his name, that degenerate, um, the, who's that stupid that kid from troll Wichita. Kid. Yeah, that I can't think of his name. He's so insignificant. But he went in the gym and he got hit several times. He'd go down but kept getting back up. Whatever uh, that troll's name. Yeah. I, I know. And now uh, I can't think of his, his freaking name. But it's he, probably better off we don't remember yeah, his name. Yeah, if you remember Eastside Boxing, that fucker was Zelenoff. all over. Yeah, Zelenoff. Oh, uh, yeah. He was yeah, all Charlie, over God. Eastside Boxing. Oh, my 
god. That was great to see. I'll fight that Charlie motherfucker right now. Well, dude, he will challenge you. He will. Oh, find I know he will. Well, well, then, come on, dick. Come up to the rooftop, fool. Come up to the rooftop. All right, that's it with news and notes, guys. Let's get into the review of what took place last week.